0: Thanks for listening to the Velocity Church Podcast. We hope that this message encourages you, inspires you, and challenges you to take your next step with Jesus. Now here's the message. Last week, you guys remember what we talked about in Joshua chapter 1, focused on the transition of leadership from Moses to Joshua, right? And, uh, And that's where we kicked things off last week. And just for previous context, what's going on here? uh, We're building out. So we know that Moses led the Israelites out of Egypt. They were in bondage and slavery for 400 years in Egypt. Moses has led them out into the wilderness to the promised land. God has given the children of Israel a promised land. This started way back in Genesis, right? And Moving on now, we've written Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and now we're at Joshua. And what's been taking place up to this point? They've been wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. Come on, 40 years wandering in the wilderness. God has given them this promise. And so they have the confidence to know that the Lord has promised us this, promised us this land. And so now where we find ourselves in Joshua, last week again. Moses has died. Joshua has taken over the authority leadership position here. And one thing to note on that, that's just, you know, to to think about in all of that is this, is that the only way that Joshua knew that Moses died, because they didn't see his body, says the Lord would have shared that with Joshua. Moses is dead. But just think, you've got about 2 million Israelites who are sitting right now positioned just on the east side of the Jordan River getting ready to cross and this responsibility and this weight that Joshua is now carrying as I'm the guy in charge here. I'm the one that the Lord has appointed into this role to to not just look at the land and to not just talk about the land but to go take it. Somebody say "Go go take it. See it's time to take it now. They know the promise that God has given them and now it's time to Take that promise and to possess the land that God has promised. And that can be the same for many of us here today. So, some of us here today, maybe you've been in a wilderness season in your life where you feel like I've been wandering in the wilderness, and, and just out of the spirit of what's going on here, I would say in the same way. It's time to possess the promise. It's time to take the land that the Lord has given you. Amen. It's time to, to start making some moves. It's time to start taking some steps of faith. The Bible says in James that faith without works is dead, meaning there's a corresponding action to our faith. So our works don't save us, but out of faith, it ought to produce some works in our life, and there's a corresponding action that goes with that. And so for some of us today, we need to start taking some steps into some promises the Lord has given. Some, some of us, we talk about the promise, we sing about the promise, we quote scripture about the promise. It's time to start taking the promise, amen? Yes. It's time to start possessing the land that the Lord has given us. Right. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Woo, I came ready to preach today, okay? Yeah. All right, come on, let's. Turn it up. Bring it, <laughs> but we gotta, we've got to start taking, taking authority over what the Lord has promised. And so this is where we find ourselves. Again, they're on the east side of the Jordan River. They're getting ready to cross. And the first city they're going to come into contact with is Jericho. For you to know, Jericho is the oldest known to man city in the world. Jericho was was fortified. There was a massive wall that went around the entire city. And it was thought to be impenetrable. Like you couldn't get into the city of Jericho. Nobody could take it because of this great wall. Like don't, don't think, you know, oh, just cinder block wall thrown up. I mean, we're talking massive, massive wall. A wall so thick that they would ride chariots across the outer, uh, outer uh, sides of the, of the wall there for entertainment purposes. So this is a, this is a massive place. This is a big, big wall. And and this is where they find themselves. Okay, this is the first city coming from the east that they're going to cross over into the Promised Land. Now, let me just say this right now: Joshua is all about conquering. Okay, it's it, it is a it is a book that if 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 you're if you're you know very soft in your Christianity, it might make you a little uncomfortable. Okay, because there's some, there's some battles that go on in the book of Joshua. We're going we're gonna to hear about them, right? But God has given them the promise. And I, I don't really want to move from this real quick uh, because last night I was, uh, I was talking to Hadley about the message. And sometimes we'll, we'll sit down and, and, you know, the night before and I'll just share with her you know, what, where I'm going to be talking. Hadley's favorite book in the Bible is Deuteronomy. She loves Deuteronomy. She loves it. Loves it, loves it. She's doing, she, she did a study herself in Deuteronomy. She's back in Deuteronomy right now. And she's got her Bible out and she's, she goes through the whole. And she was reminding me last night about the amount of times that God promised them this land. And, 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 and in promising them land was like, it's given to you. Like, I'm giving it to you. Like, you shouldn't fear because when you go into this land, I'm going to hand it over to you. But, but we're 40 years in the wilderness and we're just now taking this step across, taking this step of faith. And so this is, this is where we find ourselves. And the story we're going to look at today is such a beautiful story. Many of you know this story, Joshua chapter 2. It's about Rahab hiding the spies. I'm going to read through the whole chapter and, and then we're going to come back and we're going to break this down. But I feel it'll be helpful for me to just read from start to finish through this chapter. So here's what it says Joshua chapter 2. And Joshua the son of Nun sent two men secretly from Shatim as spies, saying, Go view the land, especially Jericho. And they went and came into the house of a prostitute whose name was Rahab and lodged there. And it was told to the king of Jericho, Behold, men of Israel have come here tonight to search out the land. And the king of Jericho sent to Rahab, saying, Bring out the men who have come to you, who entered your house, for they have come to search out all the land. But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. And she said, true. The men came to me, but I did not know where they were from. Lie, okay. Uh, and, 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 And when the gate was about to be closed at dark, the men went out. I do not know where the men went. Pursue them quickly, for you will overtake them. But she had brought them up to the roof and hid them. With the stalks of the flax that she had laid Uh, in order on the roof. So the men pursued after them on the way to Jordan, as far as the fords And the gate was shut as soon as the pursuers had gone out before the men laid down. She came up to them on the roof and said to men, said to the men, I know the Lord has given you the land and that the fear of you has fallen upon us and that all the inhabitants of the land melt away before you. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that as I have dealt kindly with you, you also will deal kindly with my father's house and give me a sure sign that you will save alive my father and mother, my brothers and sisters and all who belong to them and deliver our lives from death. And the men said to her, our life for yours, even to death. If you do not tell this business of ours, then when the Lord gives us the land, we will deal kindly and faithfully with you. Then she let them down by a rope through the window for her house was built into the city wall. So that she lived in the wall and she said to them, Go into the hills or the pursuers will encounter you and hide there three days until the pursuers have returned. Then afterward you may go your way. The men said to her, We will be guiltless with respect to this oath of yours. You have made us swear. Behold, when we come into the land, you shall tie this scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down. And you shall gather into your house your father, mother, your brothers, and all your father's household. Then, if anyone goes out the doors of yours into the street, his blood shall be on his own head, and we shall be guiltless. But if a hand is laid on anyone who is with you in the house, his blood shall be on our head. But if you tell this business of ours, then we shall be guiltless with respect to your oath that you have made us swear. And she said, According to your words, so be it. And she sent them away, and they departed. And she tied the scarlet cord in the window. Just real quick, I just want to show this parallel. What other part in Scripture did they put something in red on their door? Right. And the, the angel of death would pass over all those doors that had the blood on the doors. They departed and went into the hills and remained there three days until the pursuers returned. And the pursuers searched all along the way and found nothing. Then the two men returned and they came down from the hills and passed over and came to Joshua the son of Nun. And they told him all that had happened to them. And they said to Joshua, Truly the Lord has given all the land into our hands. They only saw one city. What, What does he say? They said to Joshua, Truly the Lord has given all the land into our hands. And also all the inhabitants of the land melt away because of us. Amen. Let's pray. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for today. I thank you for your word, Lord. God, I pray that as we continue to study your word, as we continue to dive into your word, that you would continue to make it alive to us, Father. That we would open our hearts and we'd open our ears to hear and we'd open our eyes to see. Holy Spirit, speak to us today in Jesus' mighty name. amen. 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 Well, We start off the very bat... And who are we introduced to? We're introduced to Rahab, right? It starts off by saying that Joshua, the son of Nun, sent two men secretly from Shittima spies going to view the land, especially Jericho, and then they came to the house of Rahab. Now, now, real quick, I want to, ma- I want to make this point here. It's interesting that he sends two spies, okay? Previously in scripture, we know that Moses had also sent spies into the land, Do you remember how many spies he had sent into the land previously? Twelve. And do you remember what happened when Moses sent the twelve spies into the land? Two came back with a good report. The other ten came back with a bad report. The the, the ten came back going, oh my gosh, we're we're like grasshoppers in their eyes, right? And they were like, oh my gosh, they're so much bigger than us. And it was was a fear-filled message that the ten were bringing back. Two came back. One of those two being Joshua came back and said, no, we can take him, right? Because God has given us the promise we can take him. But the 10 came back with a negative report. Now, just think about this just for a bit. If 10 come back with a negative report, two come back with a positive, what word is probably going to spread the fastest? Right? The negative report. So it's interesting that when Joshua up to send spies out, he's like, I don't need 12. I just need two. <laughs> two, two men, right? Here's a principle that we get out of this though here today. The majority isn't always right. Just because the majority goes one way doesn't mean it's the right way. Two came back with a good report, with the report that was was a faith-filled report, while the other 10 came back with a fear report. Just because the majority goes away doesn't mean We go that way. In the culture we live in today, in 2023, in the world we live in today, you as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus, will not find yourself living in the flow of the majority. So, what does this mean? This means we've got to get comfortable, right, with not being in the majority. If you find yourself consistently in the flow of the majority thinking, the majority mindset, the way the majority talks, the way the majority thinks, chances are you, you will be against some things that God is for, and you will be for some things that God is against. So, so here's, the, here's, here's what I'm saying today is this, is that We've got to get, church, we've got to get comfortable, like, not, not being in the majority. We've got, to get, we've got to get comfortable in being in the land that not everyone is on board with, right? There's going to be times in life where, as a Christian, people are going to be like, I can't believe you're standing for that. That's, I can't believe. And, and, and you, as a Christian, are like, well, everyone else is going that way, but as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I'm not flowing with the majority. Because the majority isn't always for the things of God. Let me take it a step further. The majority isn't for the things of God. Yeah. Okay? And so we, we got to be careful when we find ourselves that we're so entrapped. It, it, reminds me of, uh, it reminds me of Sodom and Gomorrah and Lot and his wife. What happened in that instance? They're all leaving because God is about to wipe it out. And what, what does she do right at the last minute, Lot's, Lot's wife? She looks back. Why does she look back? Oh, because I miss I'm gonna miss this place. I'm gonna miss it. She's got her keep Sodom weird shirt on, right? She's like, she's like I'm gonna I'm gonna miss it. Like I mean, and, and then and then what happens? Right. Right, so so here, here's here's the thing. They were leaving Sodom, but Sodom was living in them. Sodom hadn't left them. They were leaving Sodom. Look, the Lord was so gracious. He was like, I'm going to send angels to warn y'all. And they still dragged themselves, like getting out of there. Yeah. They waited to the next morning. Hmm, let me pour the coffee. Okay, I think it's time. God's going to wipe this place out. <laughs> okay, that just shows the grace of our God. He's like, hey, there's someone in Sodom that, that needs to get out of there. Yeah. We're going to see a parallel to that here yeah. today in this story. And let's just call out the elephant in the room. Okay. They go to a woman's house named Rahab, who's a prostitute. Now here's what legalistic people do. Oh my gosh. Why did they go to lodge at the prostitute's house? Come on, let's just get real in here today. Okay. So so, let's, let's, let's put this on the table. Okay. The, the original word that's used in this text, the Hebrew word, yes, it means what you know to mean prostitute. It also is a word that means innkeeper, okay? Now, we're not taking away from the fact that Rahab is a prostitute. She is, okay? Um, but, but like when we try to take our modern minds to fit the culture and the situation, you know, we're trying to take our modern minds in and interpret what's going on in ancient Jericho. Like the culture and the society and everything that's going on. On top of that, these men are going in as spies into this land. They're trying to blend in. They're not trying to go out and, you know, hey, here we are. Here the, here's, we're here to spy you guys out. Like they're trying to be discreet in, in doing this. And so here's what happens when they go they send men out they send men to, to in, into the land and it says the woman had taken the two men and hidden them and she said true the men came to me but I do not know where they're from in verse 5 and when the gate was about to be closed at dark the men went out I do not know where the men went pursue them quickly for you will overtake them and people get caught up with this one as well they're like oh my gosh Rahab lied <laughs> so 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 Let's let's, like this. This is not the Bible teaching you lying is okay, yeah. right? That's not what this text is teaching you. Yeah. Do you know the story of the Tin Boom family, Corey Tin Boom? They they hid. They, what what they were doing is they were hiding away the Jews because they felt that telling the truth to Nazi Germany was, was saving the lives of those Jews was better than telling the truth to Nazi Germany. You follow me here? There's a little weightier thing going on here. So don't, don't get so tied up in, oh my gosh, she lied, that we get so legalistic about it. They're like, ah, and that's all we're thinking about. Rahab told a lie. You know, she's not, first off, she's not a, a, a perfect woman, right? She's, she's in the process of, of change, okay? So, so throwing stones at Rahab right now is not the way to go, all right? Okay verse 8, before the men lay down, she came up to the roof, and I I love this, said to the men, I know the Lord has given you the land, and that the fear of you has fallen upon us, and all the inhabitants of the land melt away before you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before before you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites, who were beyond the Jordan to Sihon and Og, whom you devoted to destruction. Listen to verse 11, as soon as we heard it, our hearts melted and there was no spirit, in any, spirit left in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in the heavens above the earth. Whew. What a statement of faith. Now, you hear that and you go, oh, that's great. You know, that says that she, you know, there's no other God before you. You know, and, 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 and the, we see this statement of faith here. Think about the context of what's going on here. This is a Canaanite woman who was raised in Jericho. Okay an evil society, an evil culture. She's, she's a prostitute. She has all sorts of baggage, all sorts of things. She would have been considered an absolute, you know, social outcast in the society. Certainly in the Jewish society, she was Gentile, Canaanite, and a prostitute. And what she says is they melted in fear. we, We were all melting in fear What's, what's really interesting to me is that the Israelites were the ones who were previously afraid. Yeah. See, you might be living falsely in fear of something that if you knew the authority you had, it would be in fear of you. You're running from something that needs to be running from you because you haven't fully stepped into the authority that Jesus has given you. See, they have this power... It's not anything within themselves, but, but it's the Lord who's pushing them and pursuing them into this land, who's given them this promise. There are some things in your life that need to be running from you. You need to stop running from it. Stop. We don't, we don't want to be the 10 coming back, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. We want to be the Joshua that comes back. Now we can take them because we know the Lord has given us his promise. We know what the Lord has promised us. We can take them. And she goes on. She's, she, you know, she tells him, now please, you know, I'm helping you. Please help me help my family. It's also interesting that out of all the things she asks for in return, it's like, just help my family. Just help my family. And we see that parallel again. In, uh, in, in and we talked about a little bit earlier with the, the angel of death that would pass by. And what they say? They said, put the, put the blood over the door. And, and the angel of death will pass by in the same way they say, put your scarlet rope out the window so that we know, we know. I want to give you, I want to share three, three key things that I see here today in this story that stood out to me w- when I read this. And the first one is this, is what we pick up when we read the story of Rahab and spies is, is number one, God's word reaches dark places. God's word reaches dark places. You see, we see here, right? They had heard the stories. This is the, the incredible part. Rahab brings up a story from 40 years ago. Remember, when, when, remember that moment when, when God, the Lord, parted the sea for you to escape? She brings up an an old story and that word from the power of God moving and what God did had spread to the people in Jericho, a dark place. They were living in terror. They were in fear of God's people now. And God had been working on the mind of Rahab. He had been working on the mind of Rahab. She remembered. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And you see her statement of faith, what she says, right? I mean, she, she absolutely remembered these stories. They had an impact on her. You need to know today that in the same way, God's word will reach dark places. God's word will reach dark places. The question is, are God's people willing to go to the dark places and bring God's word to the dark places? Like, it's, it's not time for the click social club at church we all, you know, <laughs> got every button just right and every hair slicked back just right, right? And, and we got this click and we got this club and these are our people. It's on us to take the gospel and the message, the good news of Jesus outside of these four walls and to take them to the dark places. I'll never forget uh, when, when we were going through the whole COVID deal, our church was you know, we're thinking quick on our feet because we had to, didn't know everything that was going on, just like everybody else didn't fully understand, you know, to the level of what, what we were dealing with at the time, especially early on. And I remember all the churches were saying, like, are we going to go on live stream? Are we going to put this out on, like, how are we going to continue to have these services? And I remember this church saying, like, well, yeah, we're, we're not going to do Facebook anymore because, you know, <laughs> they censor us, right? And we're not going to do that. Um, And I remember just saying in the moment, yeah, but that's the dark places. The church doesn't need to leave the dark places. We don't retreat and just go in our comfortable corners because we're not called to do that. We're called to take it to those places. What the church avoids, the devil invades. If the church avoids it, the enemy will take it. See, we, we can't give up territory just like, ah, it's, it's uncomfortable. These aren't my people. This isn't my, you know, I don't, ah, uh. we're called to take it as the body of Christ outside of these four walls. And how easy can it, can it get for us to just come in on Sundays and just, we sing songs, we read scripture, we hear God's word. And that's fantastic. We get filled up, but why do we get filled up? We get filled up so that we can go pour out to others. As the body of Christ, we're called to leave this place and to take it to the world. Now, I would ask you, you know, because we all have lives, we all have busy lives, we all have things going on. A lot of times people they think, well, it's the the pastor's job. Or, you know, it's the leadership's job. It's the leadership's job to equip the saints, to equip the body of Christ to go out. And there's far more, there's far more in the church where we could take it outside these four walls and we could truly make a difference. And it's in our everyday lives. It's in our workplaces. It's in our schools. It's wherever we find ourselves. God is calling us to take it. God is calling us to take it to all all the dark places. Amen? That's what he's calling us to do. The second second point is this. When you accept Jesus, you're immediately adopted into God's family. I want you to see this here in this this story. Um, Rahab, she has this profession of faith that you hear. Rahab shows up in the book of Hebrews as one of the heroes of faith, along with many other significant names. Rahab? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Rahab. She shows up in the book of James. James. Rahab shows up in the book of Matthew. Now, this will make religious people uncomfortable. She shows, you know where she shows up in the book of Matthew? In the lineage of Jesus. Rahab is a direct line to the Messiah, Jesus. You'd think that they left that out. Oh, no. Everything is very intentional. It's Holy Spirit inspired. That makes you uncomfortable today. That, that, that is the word of the Lord. That is God ordained. That the Messiah came through Rahab. Through that line. She's a part of that lineage. Come on. She's, she, she's not just externally in the, in the crew or in the family. She's in the family. She's in the family. The same for people. When you accept Jesus into your life... You're immediately in, adopted into God's family. You're immediately a part. We always say here at Velocity, when you, when you come to church, you, you come visit people are like, "You' all have like membership? What do you have going on? Like how, how do we sign up to become a part? You're a part of the family. You come one week, you come the second week, you, you're, you're, you're in, right? <laughs> we say you're in the first week, but my goodness, you show up a second week, you're really in the family, right? Yeah, like you, you, it's, it's incredible just to see. She's she's not, as a woman who has a history, who has a past, she's not left on the outskirts. She's not left, you know, out here. Like, you're kind of in, you're kind of in the door. No, you're fully, you're fully apart. You're fully in. I would tell you today, here, today, if you're, maybe there's somebody here who you've just become a Christian recently. You've accepted Jesus. You've given your life to Jesus. I want to tell you, you're fully in. You're in. The third thing is this. And it really, I think this sums sums most of it up, is that no baggage or background disqualifies us from God's grace. Can you just give God a praise for that right here? Amen. No baggage or background disqualifies us from God's grace. You think Rahab had some baggage? Yes. We know some of her background. We don't fully know what she's had to deal with in her life. We don't know all the details, but we can certainly say that she's got some baggage and she's got a background. But praise God that her background and her baggage doesn't disqualify her from God's grace. God knew there's a woman in Jericho who needs to be saved. And for, for all the people who are like, I can't believe they went to the prostitute's house. I can't believe they went to Rahab's house. Look at the plan that our Lord had for Rahab. Look at the plan. Look at the work of our God. For you to know this today, there is there's nothing that you have done. There's nothing that you've done that God's grace can't cover. Jesus has shed enough blood for all of your sin. You've just got to accept him in the gift of salvation. You've got to just accept him and the gift that he's given to atone for those sins. So, some of you, maybe you're here today and you're like, yeah, I've, I've got a wild background. And, and for some, maybe, maybe you're just like, you know what? It just works on me consistently. Like, ah, you know, I've made mistakes. I'm, I'm not a perfect person. Nobody's perfect. You don't get there by your works. We We we, we don't earn our salvation. We don't earn our way to God. But Jesus made a way for us. There's no baggage. There's nothing that you've gone too far that God can't redeem you. Somebody needs to hear that today. Okay, you don't know my background. God knows. And, And when Jesus laid his life down on the cross, he paid for that. Don't take away from the sacrifice that Jesus made. See, it's like this picture of, you know, Jesus going to the cross. And people today are trying to put on condemnation from past mistakes. You've accepted Christ. You continue to try to put chains on. You continue to try to, you know, shackle yourself up. And and, and it's like, Jesus paid for that. You're carrying around unnecessary weight. You're carrying around a sh- a shame, guilt, condemnation. The Bible says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. There's no condemnation. You can walk in freedom. You can walk in freedom. Now again, later as we move through Joshua, and I think we're gonna hit it, but we do find out, that Rahab and her family are saved. They're saved. And it's just a picture for us to remind ourselves of how good God is, how good he is. There's one family. There's there's one family I'm going to go after that family. Just think, how how easy could it have been for, for God, right, to just go and wipe him out. I'm going to supernaturally do it. But he takes the time to send them to her house for one woman. Such an incredible picture. Such a beautiful story that we read here today. Rahab is the, one of the first encounters that they have getting into the promised land. It's the first encounter they have is go, as, as taking that step taking that next step into the land that God has promised. So you bow your heads and close your eyes here this morning. Maybe you're here today and you have carried some kind of weight with you. You've carried some kind of something from your past And it's just kind of sat on the back of your mind, like I'm I'm not I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough because of this. And it might not even be something that you think about as often, but it's just sitting there weighing down on you. Can I just tell you today that you can walk in freedom from that right here and right now when you leave this place? You don't have to continue carrying that baggage. You don't have to continue holding on to those weights. But you you can truly lay it at the foot of the cross. You can lay it at the feet of Jesus. So Father God, I pray for this church here this morning. You know whatever it is that they're dealing with, God. You know everything that your people are going through. You know all the weights. You know all the past. You know all the baggage. You know all the history. You know what they they were doing last week. You know what they're going to do next week, God. You know it all. You're sovereign, God. But in Jesus, God, you have grace for us. You've given us grace. And so, Father, today, I just, I pray that right now, spiritually, that we we would lay those things at your feet. And we would truly say, Jesus made a way for me. Jesus is more than enough. It's more than enough. Jesus paid enough blood. He spilled enough blood for whatever it is. And we choose to to not live a life of condemnation because you didn't come to condemn the world. Lord, you came to save the world. And so I thank you for right now for what you're doing, Holy Spirit. Thank you for for moving in this church today. God, I thank you for speaking through your word, Father. I thank that your word is always timely. It's timeless. We love you, God. We honor you. We thank you for who you are. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening today. To stay connected, visit us online at velocityburnham.org and follow us on Instagram. And if you're ever in the Burnham area, we'd love to have you visit us on a weekend. Thanks again, and we hope to see you soon.